Welcome back to Do Patrol Radio, WDPR 96.3, your favorite interdimensional radio station. The D-Creator has been unleashed over the world and gazes upon the fearful citizens. Hopefully, the Do Patrol finds a way to stop the apocalypse. So turn on, tune in, and drop dead. This is Do Patrol Radio. All right, welcome back, nobodies. If you're still listening to this station, then you've discovered our show, where today we're reviewing episode five of Doom Patrol, which is titled Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol is going to be a continuation of last episode, Colt Patrol. Wait, which one was Colt Patrol? Colt Patrol was last episode. It was last episode. Yeah. Why does this one feel like Colt Patrol more? Because um, it's there's a lot of there's more cult in this one. Doesn't it feel like there's more cult in this one? Than there is and was. Was being past turn because it aired in the past and we watched it in the past. And if you're listening this. to this, then it's all pre-recorded. In the past. In the past, man. And today we're talking about Paw Patrol, not the Netflix TV show. Is it only on Netflix? I, I think it is. <clears throat> Excuse there's me. a show about dogs. This yeah. show has a dog. It's not that show, dog. It's just funny puns, man. So today we're talking about Paw Patrol, which is a continuation from Colt Patrol, last week's episode. And uh, t- Nate, what is your what's your general take on this? Because you you had you had some interesting thoughts once we finished watching the episode. Um, it, I <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm clearing my throat. Um, as well as there was a gentleman outside your window as I'm talking about this, who is was he just passed? He was flexing on this girl by carrying. Three twelve packs of soda in his arms. Ooh, he got three that three for ten. Yeah, uh, did he? What's what it, it going on now? Is it a deal? It's, it, every yeah. grocery store yeah. has a three for ten man. twelve pack soda can. Two cokes and one Mountain Dew. They're having oh, a Friday night. He mixed and match. You can't yeah. mix Coke and Pepsi products, dude. Then he paid a pretty penny for three twelve packs. Anyway, this episode, both of them as a whole, the two together. Beautifully done, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I yes. said that they they could have even opened the show with these. Had a little bit. I mean, I know like the first episode was kind of like an intro, an origin uh-huh, kind of thing, uh-huh. which it still worked because it was crawling from the wreckage. It was good, awesome. But these two episodes, it was so much packed into it where it could have been a feature length film. Yeah, I can give it to you. The two episodes combined, it's a two hour thing. So essentially, it is a film. Mm-hmm. It's a self-contained arc, but I feel like there still needed to be a little bit more character development for some people. Anyway, it was enough content for a whole movie. And I don't know if that statement still makes sense because it is just two episodes, one hour each split up. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more um, the more the first two episodes of the season were like a continuing story. Yeah, for the, mis- like the overarching arc. Yeah, yeah. So you had Mr. Nobody, he comes, takes Niles Calder away, and then Doom Patrol try to retaliate, and then they quickly learn that Mr. Nobody is kind of like omnip- omnipotent. Omnipi- omni- omnipotent. Ob- obnoxious. Obnoxious. There you go. <laughs> it works just as well. Omnipotent. Omnipotent. And, um, and so then we kind of get 
what I'm starting to think was actually the filler episode, which was going to Fuketopia. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in another arc, which was Colt Patrol followed by Paw Patrol. And so it does feel like if in some alternate universe, if they wanted to, Colt Patrol and Paw Patrol could have been a sequel to an initial story. So it's like, if they wanted the Mr. Nobody, the first two episodes to be its own movie, let's say they're not doing a show, let's say they're doing a movie, the D-Creator, this whole uh, story about the, the, the cult of the unwritten book, from which it stems in the comic books, like they have it written so it almost seems like a like a, a sequel to like what might eventually be a trilogy. Because you have Mr. Nobody, he enters the he enters the, the story and he whether he wanted to or not, unintentionally creates uh Doom Patrol and then Niles Calder is missing, so he kinda wins. And then the second story is that they're all doing this thing and this uh, cult of the unwritten book happens and it, and it spurs this whole quest and then it gets his attention again which it does in this episode as we'll talk about um, but yeah you said while we were watching the episode that it felt like a movie like mm-hmm. it really felt like if you if you had watched yet uh, last week's episode I keep wanting to say yesterday if you wanted to watch last week's episode and then this episode back to back it does feel like a cohesive, like this could be a movie. Yeah. Like a sequel because we already know the characters at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was a big threat. The world was ending. Yeah. The know, stakes were high, obviously. It was, it's, yeah, it was, it definitely had feature film vibes. Yeah. And it, it definitely had like, um, like even though the issue gets solved because that's what happens with TV shows, the issue gets solved. Um, it still ended on a note where it like it ended kind of for some of them it ended on a down note if that's the correct term but it ended on like a note where it's like um cyborgs has to deal with something in the future so it does a great job of not overstaying its welcome by being a two-part mini arc you know like okay the d creator shows up it threatens uh, it threatens the world and then it goes away and it cost a lot from the doom patrol and now now we're here and we still have 10 more episodes to go so it does feel like we're getting things done without taking a painfully long time to get there mm-hmm. like um i'm trying to not name other shows but to to maybe go like 11 episodes and to then, after you reach the end and still not feel like you've made a complete arc, mm-hmm. that's when you start to go, man, is it really taking 11 episodes for people to, like, am I going to have to wait for the start of the other season to feel like we're getting there? Yeah. Like, why Why do we have to draw it out that long? Why can't, if the arcs are good enough, they will serve that purpose and we can keep going. Um and so that's that's kind of what I'm getting from Doom Patrol is is what's working so well is that there's a lot of content happening and not like a lot of content of in like let's see how how many weird things we can cram into one episode. Well, we'll do the Beatles reference, you know, we'll do some uh 
some fourth wall breaking. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a pug who's actually like a a piece of the story, and it's like we'll, we'll bring back the horse with the nail in its head. Like, yes, weird things are happening constantly in Doom Patrol, and that's initially what gets people on board. But it's also consistently packing in like the trauma that you usually get from reading Doom Patrol. And so it's like you're enjoying it for that. And then you're also learning. And it's and it, we're only five episodes in. Yeah. I thought about it today when we were going to watch the episode. And I'm going, is it really the fifth episode? Like, are we really only recording our fifth episode? Because I felt like we've already been doing it for a while. Like, had, like we've already been talking about these characters for a bit. And, you know, amongst ourselves, we always do talk about Doom Patrol, whether it's in book form or the TV shows. But it just feels like we're covering so much ground, mm-hmm. um, more so than than other shows. But um, yeah, you, you said it was like it was like watching a movie, and then at the end you said um, that it was fantastic. Right? Oh yeah, I, I don't want was, to speak. No, 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 no. They were fan- like, yeah. Once the episode ended, I was like, that was that was fantastic. It wrapped up that arc beautifully. Um, it still left it open. There was so much source material stuff that they pulled from mm-hmm. you know for both uh the cult, cult patrol the, and mm-hmm. um paw patrol there mm-hmm. was, it was straight from the source material it was great going back and flipping those pages and seeing that they're pulling actual things like even down to just like minute detail of things yeah um, yeah there was one thing i didn't mention last episode uh, mm-hmm. when they went to nurmheim they were uh being carted back to the castle on mm-hmm. like a cart yeah um <clears throat> that was carried by like the hooded men or whatever in the book. Like it's the same design of the cart. It was great. But in the book it was different. It was like a bone horses. What are the Harry Potter? Oh, the bull, the, the no Nargles, 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 Nargles. Is that what it is? I think that's what it's called. Or was that those little fairies that float around your head? If you are a huge Luna Lovegood fan, let us know what the animals are called. It's okay. That's okay. Anyway, um, fantastic episode. I thought it was great. There's it it sticks to the source material, and there's just left turns like crazy in this, mm-hmm. and it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you you brought it up the other day, where you were like, I wonder, because, and it's not to sound, it's not to sound snobby or anything, but you said like, I wonder what this show is like for someone who doesn't read the books because. Mm-hmm. For someone who's read the books and they see this thing, you know, if they see Scissor Men or they see Mr. Nobody, then we go, oh, that's Mr. Nobody. Oh, those are the Scissor Men. We haven't seen the Scissor Men that yet. Though. Okay, we've seen the... Don't confuse people. I know, the nuns of the lady who... Uh, the sisters of the lady who cuts. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but I was just speaking, like, theoretically. Okay. Um, hypothetically. The Hood and so, Men existed. They were still from the Hood Men. And so, like, what, like, when these things get thrown out, is it hard to follow for someone who doesn't read the books? I can't comment on that, per se, but we do watch it with Johnny, who doesn't read the books, mm-hmm. and she actually missed the Colt Patrol episode. She missed last week's episode, and she didn't watch it in time before starting this one, so she did watch it. And what's interesting is that we're just watching the recap. We haven't actually started watching the episode yet. And she's like, I feel like I missed so much by just missing one episode. And this goes back to like all the ground that they cover. And, and it's like, I didn't realize that. I yeah. didn't realize how much you were missing from missing one episode. I'm sure the Fugtopia episode, if you missed it, maybe it's not a huge deal. Mm-hmm. 
but it could be because it was a big deal for negative man. Yeah. And so if you have questions about negative man, that might be a very important episode. Um, but again, we're only five episodes in. You'd think like, oh, if you missed one, it may not be so bad. But yeah. missing the fourth episode was like so much happened, especially like this one demands that you have already seen the yeah. past episode because you don't have time to explain yeah. Nurnheim. We didn't even like Willoughby Kipling, who was a major character in the fourth episode, is not a major character in this episode. Yeah, He's there because of continuity. Mm-hmm. And he does a little magical things here and there, but not on what was happening. Like, he was the showrunner of episode four. And in this one, he's not as apparent, not as present. Um, And so it's like, it's like, I feel like Johnny didn't really get who Willoughby Kipling was Mm -hmm. and why he was there and stuff. And, And that's when I was like, wow, I... I never even noticed how much information was being thrown at us, like in hindsight. And um, we tried talking a little bit on our episode, but yeah, there was a lot of information going on. A lot of information. And uh, so with this one, this one. Um, this one is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one's a lot to unpack. This one dumps a lot more to fix itself, which is a very Grant Morrison, like Doom Patrol thing. And so the way this episode starts is how Cult Patrol ended, which is the decreator shows up, uh, opens up, if you will, because it's an eye. Good one. Mm. Um, <laughs> so the decreator shows up. Everyone in the world can see this giant floating eye in the sky. And I guess with a blink or if it just decides to, uh, people are just uh, disappearing, decreating, as they would say. Um, and so we see a lot of, a lot of people gazing upon this and one of them is a woman with a very noticeable lighter. It's a gold Zippo lighter and like an oxygen tank. And she's going to be a main character, not a main character, but she's a main, main piece of the story moving forward. But more importantly, we get the return of our dear old boy. Ezekiel. Ezekiel the cockroach. <laughs> Ezekiel the cockroach. Uh, again, I don't know if this guy does stem from the books. Any source of material? No, I don't think he is. I don't, I think he's I think just he's... straight up from this. Uh, I'm glad to have him back. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to have him back. I like this. I like how this cockroach is so manic about the end of the world. Yeah. Like, he really wants it. Like, some people... I, like he was well, talking- I think I mean, like you got to think about it. A cockroach is the only one that could survive the end of the world kind of thing. So it's like, of course, he just wants everything to burn and everything to die. It would be his time to shine. Like, is that the thought that goes through their That's head when they're, when they're thinking of like a cockroach? And like, man, cockroaches got to be so nihilistic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's all they care about. Yeah. Is being nihilistic. He's just some crazy old cockroach talking to a rat. And the rat was talking back to him. It was, mm-hmm. it was pretty comical. But it, it was, I enjoy seeing Ezekiel because of how nihilistic he is and so, like, manic about it. So it was great seeing him. I'm glad there's confirmation that he still exists. Um, and I guess that that's a, it's a little bit of a good promise that they're putting that every time the Doom Patrol get involved in, in a arc, it will be kind of like an end of the world type thing. 
That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, man. the Doom Patrol. Yeah, they're so, patrolling for the Doom. And so what is he? Is he? He's like Doom Patrol's number one fan. Yeah. Um. What a guy. Yeah. Knocked us down to rung two, man. Oh yeah. There's there's our show, and then there's Ezekiel's Doom Patrol end of the world celebration show. Mm-hmm. And so you guys got to check out that show. Um. But yeah, they they bring back Ezekiel. It, it's a pleasure having him but um this whole decreation fiasco this brings about the attention of a one mr nobody who it, it it's always good seeing um alan tudyk do his thing and, and it's good to know that um we talked about it in the last episode but it's like they do these mini arcs throughout the show because that's what shows do but it was kind of cool to see that this directly affects him mm-hmm. in in the overarching story of the season, and so because it's such a detrimental thing, he now has to like intervene. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool to see him um, where he was saying that like he's been gone for two episodes and they're already calling the decreator and yeah. stuff. So um, it's pretty cool that transition where they broke whatever wall you want to call it mm-hmm. um how it oh, did the yes. pause and then it did the the video loading bit and it yes. went right into the screen and went into that purgatoriness that was just great yeah it's i'm loving the narration aspect of this show it's great it's great to have alan tudor it's good that he's like a narrator that is intervening with mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. there was if i remember correctly there was an ability through Crazy Jane, where one of her personas knew that she was a comic book character, mm. and it had to do with something with the Justice League and stuff like that. So it kind of makes me feel like a little bit of that. Like he knows he's watching the TV show Doom Patrol. Like a source wall thing. Yeah, but like he 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 existed in that and then got out of it, but it still exists for him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was like, it would have been cool if. Uh, like it mimicked the user interface of the show itself, like the play, the playback feature. And so like it had audiences thinking, no, I didn't pause that. Yeah, I thought it was I, I mean, it, like, yeah. it did like the little circle thing and you're going, wait a minute, mm-hmm. what happened? Is it, and they're like, so like in the episode, it like it, the show breaks and kind of does a thing. It's like they do it in like gremlins and stuff and when you know where you see like when the real breaks. Yeah. Yeah, real breaking. That's mm-hmm. always that happens a lot in cinema. But now we're doing it for the millennials. So we got to do the <laughs> we got to do the end the, the video loading. The loading, the buffering thing. So wheel, the spinning wheel. Spinning wheel Earth, of death. Fire. That's what it's called. Spinning wheel of death. It's that's what it's called? Yeah, when you that's get what the that, kids call it. It's been a thing. Really? Yeah, where it just keeps going and going and going and going. That was like the red ring for Xboxes. No, you're thinking about the blue screen of death. That was in Halo 2. That was for PCs. Um, so yeah, it's like the the spinning wheel of death um, loading thing. So it was kind of cool. Um, but, but so, yeah, Mr. Nobody still has his kind of like revenge plan still. He's got plans he's, he's made. The decreator puts all that in the trash can. And so unfortunately... Niles Calder is able to goad him into uh, doing a plan that he has, mm-hmm. which is weird because almost initially I was thinking 
this dude has had this planned all along. That this D creator would show up. That he has the answer. Which for. dude? Niles. Niles Calder. Oh, like no. Mr. Nobody. See, <sighs> Mr. Nobody can do anything. Yeah, but he doesn't think ahead in time. Right. He like he, he knows he has the ability to do whatever he wants, but he can't. He can't plan ahead. Mm-hmm. And Niles Calder has planned ahead for everything. It seems. Yeah, but how would he have known that he has that ability? Because he knows Crazy Jane. Like, why else would Crazy Jane? Okay, and I don't want to be spoiling, but like, he know he has Crazy Jane. He knows Crazy Jane was the answer, and so when he's talking to uh, Mister Nobody, it's just weird that in his mind, it's like, okay, D Creator was summoned. They're a cult of the unwritten book. The only way to stop that cult is with another cult, and they have to create and the create creator. Yes. Like, like Niles Calder had planned <laughs> that. He had Nurnheim in his manner. Yeah. He knew of Willoughby Kipling. He knew of the cult of the unwritten book. He knew that uh, of Crazy Jane's personalities, that Dr. Harrison is one of them. Mm-hmm. And so it's all like just, it's all just like, oh, I have the answer if you're willing to work with me. But like, his I answer ha- involved time travel. How would he have known to put that... I don't know, but he he <laughs> he honestly looks to Mister Nobody. He says, um, he says, he says he has a plan. He says it's a weird one, but it'll work. And it's like, how would you know it would work? Like it's just Niles Caller being know. like, oh, I have the contingency. Mm-hmm. I've planned for this, and and so that's what's so weird between this this scene with Niles Calder and and Mister Nobody. Is the fact that yeah, Mister Nobody can do whatever, but he didn't like he can't plan. For, he can't see in the future, but Niles Calder can, and not like literally, but or maybe he can. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how he <laughs> how he figures it out. Mind. It's incredible. It's incredible how he figures these things out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, the answer to the D creator is the recreator which indirectly is fueled by Crazy Jane in one of her 64 amazing uh, personalities. Um, so we got we to gotta do some tri- time traveling, Nate. Uh, do you remember what year we go back to in this, in this flashback? I thought it was 77. 19. It starts at 77. 77. And then it jumps forward in time. It's w- or it goes 77, 76... No, that's not 78. right. 78. No, bump it back a little bit. Yeah. So it's like they were like... like yeah, Mr. Like, Nobody like, was like scanning <laughs> like, What is that tape. called? Scrubbing. Scrubbing. Scrubbing through a video feed. Yeah, he was like, let's go to 77. Eh, how about like yeah. 76? Uh, 78. Eh, 77. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we kind of get into this... Um, throughout the... Ep- it's, it's broken up throughout the episode, but initially we're shown... A, like it's a punk scene where Crazy Jane is is fighting. I'm gonna assume it's Hammerhead who's fighting them, but it's like mm-hmm. she's fighting a bunch of Nazis at a punk show. You think they're Nazis? I guess we're assuming. Uh, he, I've been to punk shows, and I can tell you for one, I've seen zero Nazis at. It's those. usually that's kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> You're not supposed to see Nazis at a punk show. Well, I mean, the the. What did he the call- specific types of punk shows that attract Nazis? Yeah, you're thinking of metal. 
No, Nazis and punk are synonymous, but like... No, whoa. No, not like that. Okay. Hold not, on. Hmm. Because not uh, punk... Synonymous was a bad word. In the 70s, punk... They're were, associated. No, but maybe mm, not through no, punk's, punk's own Nazis. judgment. Punks Stop. hate Nazis. Not through punk's own judgment, but Nazis are like, yeah, we like punk. What is punk's own... What did you just say? Through punk's judgment, they're like, hey... Punk's own judgment. No, punk's own judgment. Oh, like the genre's own I judgment. I thought you were talking about like, a, like no. an album cover. Or <laughs> is this a funk show? Is brother. this a zone in Planet Fitness? No, the punk zone judgment. <laughs> hey, only punks over here. No judge. Uh, only zone. judgment in yeah. this zone. Yeah, it's the Planet Fitness. That's awful. That's no, a, this is terrible. This is a <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I think punk was like, "Hey, Nazi punks, fuck off!" And Nazis were like. That's a song. Hey, we right? still yeah, but they're like, hey, we still like punk, and punk is still like, fuck off, and they're like, well, we still like it, and they're still just like, hey, fuck off, and they're just like, hey, yeah, well, I we're thought, just gonna. I thought punk was like a fuck Nazis type thing. Yeah, it did. I mean, yes, there are those aspects in it, of course, because it's all about anarchy and not Nazism. What is that word? National socialism. Yeah, it's like. Um, just like fascism and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It seems like... Which is not cool. Which would not be a home for punk. And you think like it'd be that, you know, punk is just against the I could have sworn those people in that in the scene were like Nazis or something. They, they might have been skinheads, man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but they, they might have been because I think... I, didn't, I wasn't looking at tattoos. I didn't know if I saw any swastikas. And no, I think we're just generalizing. Yeah. It, it was probably just a cool punk show. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, it was. Really if the weird. people she was beating up were Nazis, then they're getting. They beat called up. her something. They like it was like they did. There yeah. was some racial slurs thrown around. Yeah, I can't remember. Which it, that's why it made it, uh, drew attention to mm-hmm. us. Yeah, and that does not belong at a punk show. You know, when you knock someone down in a mosh pit, you're supposed to help them back up. That's you're supposed a, to. That's the golden rule that mm-hmm. shows that we're all family here. Now let's get your teeth knocked out. Yeah, but um, so it was a really cool show. I liked the scene. I actually enjoyed the music a lot, and I know that's been a thing lately with us is about kind of. Um, this show and Titans. Titans has great music. So does this one. And there's been a lot of great punk music, um, Riot Girl music. Yeah. Um, were you able to catch some of the songs on this one? Or no? I caught one song that I'm probably going to use. Okay. Um, but yeah. I don't remember what the song was in. I can probably find it. No, no, no. no but but I I did enjoy that when the the way the scene opened up. But yeah, it was 1977, which um. When we think back to how this show started, was Robot Man waking up at 1995 when he was, like, when he was kind of starting to talk in his Robot Man body. And then we jump all the way to 2019. Found it. And, oh, song at the, the punk The song show? that's playing at the punk show? Yeah, the punk, it was called The Void was the club. Um, it's called Blown Away by The Expelled. They have a, they named the club? Yeah, don't you remember the sign? It's yeah, like but what is, the what void. Is it? it says void. So this is, is again that Tune Fine website that has all these things. And again, whoever's running this, whew, you're the best. Um, yeah, it's there was only three songs in this episode. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, so we're in present time. We're in 2019, but the, here's Crazy Jane. Same age in 1977. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had always thought that 
that this was something recent that happened. Like Crazy Jane was a recent character that she shows up in 2019 as a new member for Doom Patrol in the manor. Um, and, you know, it makes sense that Rita Farr and Robot Man and somehow Negative Man continue to live on since the 50s and 60s and the 80s. But not Crazy Jane. I didn't. I didn't take Crazy Jane, and I don't know why. I assumed that, but I had always assumed that Crazy Jane's age was reflectant of of her uh, in real time, and 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 not so much like, oh yeah, she doesn't age because her personalities don't know that concept, because they can be whatever age they wanted to. It's like it's just the way that they hmm. fragmented themselves. Mm-hmm. But it was really weird because 1977 rolls around. She's the same age as always, um, and she's kicking ass at this punk show, but apparently she has always belonged in a mental rehabilitation center. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this this kind of is our Crazy Jane origin story in a very non-caring way. Um, it's not trying to dismiss it completely or ignore it completely, kind of like... Um, and not in a bad way or uh, anything like that. I'm not really judging it. But like in Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, they do this thing where it's like, oh, how'd you get your powers? Accident, science experiment kind of thing. And it's one of those things where it's commentary because audiences have gotten to this kind of funk where we don't care about getting an origin story. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, just put the characters in there. That's it. We don't care. We don't care how we, how we got the powers just do cool stuff with the powers. Um, some people want the origin story. Some people want to know the truth. This one says, yes, her origin story is currently happening as we try to figure out this issue, but it's because we need the issue of the decreator to get fixed by the recreator. So yeah, she's getting, you know, I think um, Mr. Nobody does some commentary where he's like, is this the moment where she gets her powers? Who cares? Like it's one of those. Oh yeah, things. it does pass through one of those things. Yeah. That was in that wasn't that a wasn't that in seventy six? Yes, she was on the table in seventy six, yeah. and she got the injection. So yeah, so I'm assuming that she was. So Kate Chalice had multiple personality disorder, split up, and adopted Jane. And it wasn't until 1976 where they gave her some experimental bullcrap or whatever that gave those 64 already existing personalities yes, yes, powers. Yes. So then yeah. they can identify with those and everything like that. Now she's just committed and yada, yada, yada. But my guess, my question is, why hasn't, I don't know. No, it's not really. Never mind. That's a dumb question. My question was going to be, why hasn't she broken out with like using her powers? But that's dumb. That's just a stupid. Yeah. That's, a, that's not the story. That's yeah, a dumb yeah. Question. no, yeah, I I understand that, um, but yeah, it is. I I completely agree with what you said because the 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 trauma that happened to her isn't related to a meta gene testing or anything like that. That was mm-hmm. pure trauma. Pure mm-hmm. trauma caused the sixty four, the personality to split and fragment into sixty four different other personalities. So she did have those personalities mm-hmm. all the time, but it. When they try to inject a woman with 64 personalities, this metagene test, mm-hmm. it is like, okay, 
You're getting 64 outcomes. Yeah, you're going to get 64 because <laughs> they're each going to get their own because yeah. they're each going to like... That's crazy. And that's insane. To me, that's incredible. It's like, so you saw Incredibles? What if Jack-Jack like, imagine, like grew up and became like a crazy person? You know, because the Pixar probably can't happen. Probably can't happen. He would be a villain though. That dude, that kid would grow up to be a villain. Yeah, he would be. Like, I mean, like with loving parents aside... I mean, well, that would be the downfall. Written all over that him. would be the downfall because... Um, no, we can't rewrite Pixar. Let's not go down this. Yeah, but I was going to say, like, the life lesson would be, like, no matter how hard... You can read all the baby oh books God, you want. stop. You, I don't know if you could say that. Because, like, you can be <laughs> the best parents in the world and your kid can still come out a fuck up. Oh, my God. It's just... Mark. That's a thing. It's truth, but... It is. Yeah. And it, but that's also... That could be good storytelling. That's heavy. It's. I don't know if Disney is ready for that. You never saw Jack Jack and been like, "That's a time bomb." Oh, I saw that once I first saw yeah, him. It was like, "Oh yeah, totally. Happens. He's gonna yeah. gonna ruin everything." I never even saw the second one, but I know he messes stuff up. Why did I censor myself? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Disney came in and was like, <laughs> <laughs> was, Disney took over my mind and was like, uh, "No, no talk bad about Jack Jack." <laughs> Um, they said it in baby talk, so I and so I was like, oh, so oh god, Jack, Jack. in my brain there was a Pixar lamp, mm-hmm. and it just started stepping on my brain. Yeah, and then it looked at the camera, and then the screen went black. You imagine if that's what they got going on in Disney Underground, a giant lamp that crushes you. Uh huh. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop talking about this. Uh, so yes, in the past of of crazy jane's origin um lies the the answer to the decreator the problem that we've been dealing with this entire episode is by causing a a rival religious cult uh called the cult of the recreator uh in which they would use dr harrison which is a new um crazy jane personality um how many personalities do we have so far we have like Sun Daddy, mm-hmm. um, Hammerhead, Lucy Fugue, Lucy. Who is Lucy Fugue? This electricity one. Oh yeah, so Lucy Fugue, um, um, Silver Tongue, Silver Tongue, Jane, Penny, Penny Farthing, Penny Farthing, <laughs> um, Baby Doll, Baby Doll, Crazy Jane is technically one. Yeah, I said that. Uh, okay, I said Hammerhead. Hammerhead, um, the Hangman's beautiful daughter, mm-hmm. um, Kate Chalice, Kate Chalice. Um, who is this one? Doctor Harrison. Dr. Harrison. Okay, so yeah. I think we're up to ten. I think we're. I think if, we're good. If we're counting. I think we're up to ten. I think if we missed um, any, let us know. I do. Be, I don't now. Now I who tried is, to who look. Is Dr. I tried Harrison? to look more into it because I have a faint memory, but it's not, and I don't have my books in front of me to start flipping pages and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's something that we can just do a easy search for. But I think Doctor Harrison personality first showed up in Gerard Way's mm-hmm. thing. So this is when this episode, um, I thought more about uh, Gerard Way's run, where he has his introduction for Crazy Jane is she is the head of a cult, and she does have a pseudo gene bomb that you know they were gonna make and somehow destroy Danny and yada 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 other characters that don't matter at this point. But anyway, her introduction was uh, Jane, leader of a cult, and I feel like. That's where they brought in the Dr. Harrison persona. Um, Dr. Harrison uses mind control. You see that in the episode. She changes her look. Again, more of a total babe. 
She's got a silver rogue hair thing going on, blue eyes, and she's controlling your mind, man. Um, did you find something, Mark? Oh, yeah. The, I, I pulled up issue six. Of oh, okay. Gerard Way's Doom Patrol. Perfect. Um, in which this, this it's a <laughs> church of the multiform. Hmm. Um, because she was called like multi-mother in that one. Yeah. And so she was leading a cult. Um, yeah, they had a chant where it's like 64 becomes, 63 becomes 64, 64 becomes one. Mm-hmm. I, I am Jane, 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 yada, yada, Jane, yada. Jane, Janestown. Janestown. Not Jamestown, Janestown. And so what is she trying to do in the book? She's trying to kill them all with a bomb. Yeah, because it's like a, it's another gene bomb story. Because what, what happened in the Gerard Way book was that this one gained control and didn't want any of the personalities to to take control ever again. So she tried dropping a an atom bomb on them. So she had like what sixty she had sixty three other people, mm-hmm. including herself there, and she was just gonna nuke them all. And so it was turning into one of those um there's a lot of cult references in this one. Again, this is um kind of why I was thinking that this one was called Cult Patrol because it is extremely culty, unless Paw Patrol. Oh, I'm starting to see that sh- it, it, that one that we're seeing in this. But it was Doctor Harrison, and she was just calling herself Jane. Yeah, that's Doctor Harrison, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that is what you're seeing in the book is Doctor Harrison. She yeah. was just calling herself Jane. Yeah, I yeah. need to reread that book because I feel like it just passed passed me by. It's been so long. I was reading it on issue. Like weekly, current, yeah, yeah, like so. a sub. And then I got the thing, mm-hmm. and I never even opened it. And then you took it, and I read and it, burned it, and, and then I threw it out the window. Mm-hmm. And you I to, said, "Can I borrow this?" You had to buy Throw another it. one, and you gave me it, and you thinking I wasn't gonna notice, but it's like it wasn't even flipped through, mm-hmm. so like it was still crisp, like a twenty dollar bill. Yeah. But if you guys need to read it, it's on the DC Universe app, so please do. It's free. Well, it's you pay for the it's service. It's free now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is, um, the Dr. Harrison thing from what I can tell is based off this issue somewhat, yeah. uh, the concept at least of, of crazy Jane leading a cult, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely check out issue six of Doom Patrol from 2016 run. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, seeing Dr. Harrison in the promos, even we were like, Oh, this is it. This is multi mother. Um, which I think is a cooler cooler name. I like calling her that. Um, she has a a pretty deadly meta meta gene. It's it, it, she's she can control your mind. She's like incredibly persuasive. In, yeah, Jedi and, mind and that's trick. what. Yeah. Yo, do you remember playing Knights of the Old Republic and like kicking your uh, persuasion up, like maxing that shit out? Oh yeah, so you can just like just go in and dominate mm-hmm. any conversation. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, like beefing up that charisma. Oh, it was so good. And you'd be like, nah. How about you give me more? Than yeah. That? Like, or how about you just kill yourself? Oh my god, being a hero in that game, it was fun. Yeah, you got it. I mean, yeah, you can go and be a villain all day and just like every. Of course, you don't want to read their entire dialogue. You just go, I'll kill you instead. But it's th- easy to be a villain in that game. It's hard to be a hero. But this Doctor Harrison has. Like extremely heightened advice giving, but also extremely heightened um, diagnosis for people. I mean, she, I assume like she that was, she's a real doctor. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like she's able to 
you know, figure out what the, the trauma in, in their lives and stuff like that. And, you know, she's... She's terrifying. Yeah. It's like a really scary therapist that yeah. makes you kill yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I the way My the God. way Dr. Harrison plays out towards the end of the episode was how I thought she was going to play out in the beginning, where she was going to start, where she shows up, and she's going to be like, Oh, you don't want to live this life. You want to be under my mm-hmm. my guidings, my way of life, my teachings. But no, it's L. Ron Hubbard style. Yeah, but this it's, here we go with the cult references. There's so many cult. You could say there's, all of them. There, there, they're all freaking same. Again, the re, this one should have been Cult Patrol. I know Paw Patrol is funny, but there should have been a different name for for last episode. This one should have been called Cult Patrol. Mm-hmm. It just. It just should have been. It, it makes more sense. I don't know what you would have called the, the last The boy one. with a billion back tattoos. It has to end with Patrol Nate. Damn, you're right. And it's only <sighs> like the two. It's just the two words. Well, it's just one word. You replace. Just a one word, really. Crap. Um, what do you call it? I don't We're know. We're not going to think it's they called this the, They're calling the next episode Doom Patrol Patrol. I like that. So, <laughs> Which is, yeah. Well, let's save it. Put tagline, I'll it. save it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah... The way she's using her power later in the episode is how I thought she was just going to out the gate just be like, oh, you're okay. You're under my wing now. Mm -hmm. But no, she does purely offensive is the best defense in her thing where she goes, no, I'm going to tell you how much you hate your life and Mm -hmm. then I'm going to make you kill yourself. Yeah. Um, And so that she did that whole thing and, and truly terrifying because... I thought initially she was going to talk her way out of it, but like seeing like she's not control like hey she's she almost makes this doctor like commit suicide by stabbing a pen in his eye, and it's not it's not mind control so much. It's not telling him. It's not forcing him to stab himself in the eye. It's goading him enough to want to do it. It's really fucked up because stuff like that happens in real life. Um, it's currently happened. It's happened enough to spawn a horror film. Um, but people are trying to talk to other, like talk other people into committing suicide. It's it's a very uh, bizarre and terrifying thing, and it's completely fucked up. But that's what she does in this one. So it's not so much that she has the ability to make people kill themselves by her will. It's she gives them the willpower to she enables them to kill themselves. It's really fucked up. Persuades. It's very incredible. Very incredible. Um, but yeah, that this is um, I guess she impresses Mr. Nobody enough where he's like, OK, now I need you to use those powers. Mm-hmm. Bring in people for your will to create the Recreator, because what Nas Caller says is that if enough people believe in it, mm-hmm. it will exist. Which is crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> Fucking crazy. And that's literally the mindset of these cults, man. It is. How do you stop a cult? You create a, a, a rival cult. We were already getting that's carried it. away. The episode wasn't even over, and the three of us were having a conversation about... Like just just cults in real life, the mm-hmm. the fa- like the things about killing yourself for for your you know your cults and stuff like that. That 
uh, what were some of the references that they were throwing around? Like was, Heaven's Gate and uh, uh, L. Ron Hubbard and stuff like that. Yeah, like all yeah. these things. They didn't say any Manson family stuff, which I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how uh, how touching go. I can't. That, I don't keep track of all those is. things. So if you, you, even when you say Heaven's Gate, I don't know what that is. I know. Yeah, there was like the, like the Waco, like Texas, Aid. and stuff. Is that the yeah. which one? Is, oh, I I saw that one. Waco, the was, Waco. Te- I've seen that documentary. Yeah, it's Waco. cool. Was that the Jamestown cult? No, Jamestown cult was in. Which one's the Jamestown cult? That was one that was. Is that in the like, Kool Aid one? Yeah, that's the Kool Aid one. Okay. Which? What did Charles Manson? Don't you don't get into specific. What did Charles Manson do? Poison the minds of many people, mostly women. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just like. But n- is any of that for actual deity or you know? Because these recreators and decreators, this was something that dude. Pe- it's the same thing that happened when people believe in Jesus. It's like one guy where it's like, hey, I have this divine sense, and people believe it, and you gain a follower. It's and you really pray cool, on the weak-minded. Really cool because Mister Nobody came in and and dropped some. Christian history mm-hmm. was like, you know, it's he turns into the narrative voice and intervenes with Jane and starts saying, I'm going to use you. You're going to use your powers. This is going to be great. This is what you're going to do. She says, who are you? It's like, I'm the voice in your head. I'm the one who uh, I'm, the I'm, burning I'm the burning bush. bush. I'm mm-hmm. the voice on the head on the mountain. I'm the one that told Noah to put two animals in the ark. Like, mm-hmm. that's amazing Just because that's exactly what that is mm-hmm. and you know the storybooks that claim that those people had that in intervention mm-hmm. it could have been just that yeah it is kind of weird that people took a guy who said yeah burning bush told me that and they said dude and they put it in a book and no one questions it and no one goes like what hey this guy said a burning yeah, bush people say to isaac and uh isaac when he kills his son right isaac kills what's his name uh, and so God said to Abraham, Abraham and Isaac, shall okay, kill yeah, yeah, yeah. your first son. Abraham and Isaac. Um, he had I, a voice telling him, like, <laughs> hey, walk up the mountain so everybody and me can see it. And for me, you're going to kill your, your son. It's like, all right, I get to the mountain. I'm about to do it. And then stops. You know, it does, we're not going to get into things. But anyway, he claims that a voice told him to climb up to a mountain in the middle of the night and stab his son. You and don't then, think, and like they're like, "Yep, divine intervention." No, it could, it could very well have been Alan Tudyk just whispering sweet nothings into your ear, and just to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's I just, just, it's just as it. easy as that. Which is cool because they bring these cults. Uh, they they brought religion into this show, mm-hmm. which is a really cool thing. And it's not like uh, secular religion or anything like that. Not mainstream religion. It's culty religions. They're still religions either way. They still They're have a cults. following. It's still in... Yeah, again, religions are cults. Cults are religions. It's the same... Square, circle, square, circle, square. umbrella situation. It's the same thing. And yeah. we got the answer to it. Like, well, well, like, yeah, okay, so this one is bad, how do you stop it? You just With create another, another one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's another it's bad just one. just bad. They just might have different views. Christianity and Judaism. 70%, you think the same. It's just the end of the book that the opinions vary. They all agree. Yeah. Um, the the thing with the with the cult, the, the recreator. So, Miles Calder... He says it like it's a statement, like it's so true that they will create a recreator 
just by having a mass of people believe in it. And so what Dr. Harrison is doing is convincing everyone in the rehabilitation center that, you know, that this exists, that they're going to be part of this cult. This is the answer. And so they can't fight her persuasive meta power. They're subject to, to that will of hers. Mm -hmm. And so it's like they're, they're using Dr. Harrison as a gun, as a weapon on these people to get them to think about the recreator, think about the recreator, think about it, think about it, Mm -hmm. think about it until it does (laughs) manifest itself. And what is so bizarre is that they start to have opinions on how it should go down. Mm -hmm. And it's it literally it paints a picture of exactly what happens when those yeah they play the the editing is insane people in a room coming up with batshit crazy (laughs) ideas and it's an it's a it's commentary on actual religion stuff where they go what if it's not a per what if it's not a dude what if it's a woman what if it's not a woman what if it's a dog i like dogs Mm -hmm. how can it be a dog and they're like it can be a dog yeah it's like what if the text wasn't written what if it wasn't tattoos? What if it was invisible? You know, if I if it was like invisible, no one could read it. That would be the whole point of secrecy. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if a bell you had to ring up? And it's like, this is how people make this stuff up. This is verbatim. Mm-hmm. Crazy people could start a religion tomorrow. I could start a religion tomorrow. Yeah. And it's weird. It's like, yeah, and like that bell exists in a snow globe. In another reality. And it's just man i love it i love doom patrol when it gets so much it's so good i love doom patrol when it gets so (laughs) wild and weird and when you try to like explain it it just becomes commentary about how something actually exists Mm -hmm. in the world it's like it happens every day it happens every day and and we deal with it and it's yeah it's it's phenomenal it's why i like the book so much i'm glad it's happening in the show but they get dr harrison to force these people to conjure up the recreator and so and the editing is done nicely where as they're explaining it about how it's going to all fall into all into place they're actually looking up like you know willoughby kipling finds a dog and then mm-hmm. they're explaining like oh what if it was a dog and like what if the the text is invisible and what if you had to ring a bell it was cool they did bring when the the so the owner of the dog was like a punk kid that was yes. like listening to like metal music and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that that's from the pages as well like oh it shows, yeah you said that yeah you had the i book. don't have the book gosh i forgot the books they're in the other room <laughs> but yeah it shows uh the the other book the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a dog, so they switched that a little bit. But um, what did it end up being? Just that punk kid? Yeah, just a punk kid with tattoos instead of like a clean cut, yeah. straight little altar boy type kid. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, it's it was a good change of pace. Like I think it was it was good thinking on the writing team because they realized that it was like the same exact thing. Like oh, we got to just find another boy with tattoos mm-hmm. on it. And then putting that creative spin where, you know, Mr. Nobody goes, that's not how crazy people would think of it. They wouldn't just conjure up the same thing. No, they got to get weird with it. They got to put a dog, make the text invisible. You got to ring a bell. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) you got to have a multi-armed demon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cow's got to be involved. And you're just going to dance at the apocalypse. You got to have a giant boat, a bunch of animals, two of each of them. Yep. 
That's how it goes. Oh my god! It's making stuff up and selling it, and people eat that stuff up. Um, the but yeah, it's does it's it's phenomenal what happens like in the past of this episode, like in in timeline sake, um, what Doctor Harrison is able to come up with. Um, but then that brings us to the present which is dealing with uh, the current Doom Patrol, the, Doom, the characters that we've come to know and love. And so um, we we kind of pick up with Robot Man and Crazy Jane, K. Chalice. Penny Farthing. Penny Farthing. Well, she's K initially. And, yeah. and, they, and what's, what's interesting is that we talked a lot about K. Chalice in the last episode. Mm-hmm. This episode starts... With talking about that, it's almost like if you don't listen to our show, <laughs> and like you maybe you're like it drops, you know, the last episode drops that Kate Chalice bit, and then you watch the next episode, then it does kind of it it is there mm-hmm. to help supplement you into knowing who Kate Chalice is. Where it's like, hey, this is the main character, the, or this is the main personality. This is the one who was affected. Her real name's Kate Chalice. You got to remember that. I liked that the episode started that way so that it didn't let you forget that. Because if if it didn't do that, and it's great, again, kudos to the writing team. If they didn't do that, then the time that they start this episode, most of the audience would have forgot Kay was even mentioned, and they would have went back to Crazy Jane, and we would have never had that connection um, setting up for um, you know the, the future episodes. So tremendous uh, milestone in, in learning about her character um, in this one. Once, uh, I think Kate Hallis has a moment where she does want Robot Man to be normal. She goes mm-hmm. and, she, you know, this girl that is Kate Hallis, she walks over and picks up the brain that is just um, Cliff Steele. Like, this is him. She, I think she wants him to be, she asks for him to be normal again and they can leave. And the uh, one of the remaining Archons says that they can go. Um, and so it was. it was a good moment because... Um, Hammerhead really doesn't like Robot Man, Mm-mm. but real K. Chalice is defending his existence. Um, but then there's a lot of good stuff that's happening with them, where Robot Man is trying to thank Crazy Jane, and and it's weird because he wants to spend more time with her if it's going to be the end of the world, but. Hammerhead doesn't want no part of him, mm-hmm. uh, hates him. And then Penny Farthing has a moment, which we didn't even talk about Penny Farthing in the last episode. But how did you think of that personality? Did you like? Oh, I thought it was great. She, amazing acting on this woman. Amazing yeah. acting. Yeah. It's, it's on par with the acting from Rose McIver of iZombie, who has to, every episode, play a different character. And it's one of those things where it's like, you have such range. It doesn't matter if, you know, you're playing a personality that is like a little medieval squire and it's like, oh, you're just doing like a little medieval squire bit. It's like, it's more than that because I don't think of Diane as doing a squire bit. Like, I don't think of the actress doing a bit. I think it's another personality. Yeah. Like, Hammerhead seems like another personality. Like the voice range is different. So it's not just 
Diane putting on an accent for in every single personality. Like the voice seems to change. Doctor Harrison's voice and and like American accent seems different than the American accent and the tone of Hammerhead, then the Crazy Jane, then Baby Doll, um, then uh, Penny Farthing and, and stuff like that. So it's like I, I I hear the range in the voice, which is selling the look. It's like they didn't just throw her in costume and makeup and be like, all right, now you're now you're Squire kid. Um, I think Diane practiced a lot of voice acting because that's what I got out of it, just listening to it. Um, I'm just trying to see if she's done any like um, any improv or anything like that. Um, she did New York. Uh, well, she started in Boston. Da, da, da. Performing arts high school, Boston base. No, no, no. Moved to New York City. I doesn't say i was trying and then it just goes right into her career mm-hmm. i was i didn't know if she did any like improv or anything like that to be able to switch up these characters on a mm-hmm. dime like that i'd be impressed even if she has no improv uh credits to her hey you're doing an amazing job at it mm-hmm. i the way i see it is like uh she's playing it as separate characters penny says it in this episode where she's yes. like uh you know Jane doesn't want to be, you know, she's not going to be here. That's not, you have a different relationship with them. It's not the same relationship as the rest of us. You don't think Jane's the only one with aspirations and dreams? Like, we all have that. Mm-hmm. That's, that line of dialogue right there is golden. Yes. And it's golden towards the character. Because mm-hmm. you do have to be able to play these characters with a different inflection, with a different attitude, as a completely different person. Yeah. And to continue that arc. And it's not just a bit, like you were saying. Yeah. It's just not it's as... Not, it's not just an accent yeah. with hair and makeup. Um, it's like she does have to play 64 different characters. Mm-hmm. She can't just play Crazy Jane and then throw an accent yeah. in. You know, like... Yeah. It's it's more than that. And, and it is, like you said, it is the golden line because I think of it in the same regards as like when we compare CGI as to having weight Mm -hmm. and you have to animate things with CGI because you can't, when you, when you program something with CGI, you can't tell it to have X amount of weight per se. I mean, you probably can, but you're animating it so that it does look heavy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's all just visual magic. And with her dropping the line, you know, you think like we're all just, you know, we just come out of the closet or something mm-hmm. like 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 Crazy Jane is the only one that you think is real, and we're all just like passing by. Like Penny Farthing tries to explain that they're all actual personalities, yeah. each with dreams and aspirations and goals in their life, and um, that helps sell it. That helps sells it so that you don't, as the audience, just go, "Okay, here's yeah. British kid bit." Yeah, here's like when's when's Crazy Jane gonna get back? Yeah. When are we gonna get back to normal? This is the normal, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, Jane has the relationship with Robot Man, and that's going to be a constant. But mm. the normal is this character is going to be changing, and you have to keep up. Yeah, and I thought about it with the last episode. And that's why, um, apologies for not uh, talking about Penny Farthing in the last episode. But when she does appear in Cold Patrol, I was thinking, as we were watching the episode, I was thinking, okay, I understand why Penny farthing would 
would exist now in, yeah. in the episode because I was thinking because of the the environment, but also because she was so scared that she took over. She didn't want to be in the situation. She was terrified of the situation. And she was, you know, what, she's quick to resign in the fight, surrender, and, and, and join the... Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. What are they called? Uh, Hoodmen. The Hoodmen. Um, and so, like, when we were watching the episode, I, you know, I was thinking, like, oh, was it just like it's just a comedic joke, like timing sake for you know a certain personality to pop up and and be something fresh for us? Mm-hmm. No, it was more than that. Like, it logistically made sense that she would show up at that moment because when you're terrified or you know, like that personality jumps out. When Silvertongue jumps out in Fugtopia, it's because fuck Nazis. And she's like, I hate this. I'm going to go kill some stuff. Yeah. Um, Sun Daddy shows up when, you know, it's like, I would be the perfect situation for this. And so, like, Sun Daddy showed up during the big blob. So yeah, like, the big blob. Okay, and so, then a giant destroy- monster destroying the town, Sun Daddy has to, like, step up yeah. and be another giant monster. And then Sun Daddy destroyed the, uh, the machine that made Mr. Nobody. And so it saw that. Was that still Sun Daddy or was that? Uh, yeah. It was are a you first sure? Time, was no, a first... it was fire. It was something. There was a difference. There's Sun Daddy and then there's fire. There's no, no. another fire thing. Yeah, that fire one was in the second episode. In the house. Yeah. Okay. But she was Sun Daddy when she destroyed That Fugtopia? was the other one we didn't count. Oh, okay. So we're on 11. Or 12. You know, eventually someone's going to make a supercut of all these 64 different personalities. I think. I think you have to. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but um, that was the other one. I, I forget what that name. Oh, it was um, it was close to K Chalice, but it wasn't K Chalice. It was something else. It was it started with a K though. Um, it was like Catherine or something. Uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, she's a personality. She dips beneath lasers. Oh um, my God. But um, yeah, the yeah, it made sense that these. Uh, personalities jump out when they when they need to. Mm-hmm. The Doctor Harrison that was her jumping out at that right time because she was counteracting the um, the Doctor at the psychoanalysis. Time. Yes, exactly. So when we watched that fourth episode, I felt like it was justified that that character showed up, and then it's justified now when the character shows up again and starts acting and then tries to explain that there are people too and they need the audience to, to, to remember that, that they're, you know, they, they are characters and they're not just there just to be... A superpower quirk. Yeah, a quirk. Yeah, exactly. That they're just there for Diane to just be, oh, yeah, you're, you're a British kid now. She's not a sw- Swiss Army knife. Like, Is that a quote from something? No, there was a Swiss Army man, that, that uh, movie. Oh, that Daniel Radcliffe and movie? And Damal Gleeson. Mm-hmm. Um, and Good so, acting on that guy. Who? Which D- one? Damal Gleeson. Am I saying his name right? Mm, General Hux. Oh. Bill Weasley. Sure. I, w- I just watched him in a, another movie, that National Lampoon one. Good. The No, the one that's like the biopic about Doug Kenny. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Now, I'm okay. not the biggest National Lampoon fan, but like that, yeah. that was a good... It was directed by David Wayne. Huge fan of David Wayne. Mm-hmm. So yeah, naturally I... Cool. Very much enjoyed it. Anyway, um, and so it, so it's a it's a good it's again another step of enforcing the robot man, crazy Jane, um, relationship of sorts. Um, 
but it also spurs a whole new relationship between Dr. Harrison and Niles Calder. Did you did you feel anything in that? At the end? Yeah. I thought that was just him meeting her for the first time. Like, that's how he saved her. You didn't think it was anything different when she shows up in the manor? And he's trying to say goodbye and she shows up? That was Jane. It wasn't Dr. Harrison? No, oh, she switched Oh, yeah, to Jane. switched back. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it wasn't just Dr. Harrison. It was just crazy mm-hmm. Jane in general. Yeah. Is that a thing? What? That Not... Is there a relationship more than just like more than everyone else's? Jane's and Niles, I think it's like a it's like a it's like a fucked up father daughter thing, or at least that's what they're trying to portray. But I think they're going to spin it where it's like this is not the father daughter relationship that's supposed to work. This is just because Jane was gravitated towards this father like figure that would promise to help her and. You know all, all these things. Yeah, it's again. Ooh. It's not yes, but that oof is justified because one, it's Niles fucking Calder, and it's the Doom Patrol. It's not happy stories. They're all yeah. terrible. Yeah, it's it's so depressing. So yes, I I do think that she sees him as a father figure, and on the reverse side, Robot Man sees her as a daughter figure, and she's never going to see him as a father figure because she sees Niles as a father figure. And she's constantly trying to get him back and yada, 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 all these things. She feels safe around Niles Calder. But he is a bad man. (laughs) (laughs) But it's one of those things where he's a... Can you say this? He's a bad man with good intentions? Uh, I think... He's just a man with good intentions. Whether or not he becomes uh, bad or good, I don't think. As yeah, bad I don't think. Or... I don't think the bad or good spectrum ever um, applies. <laughs> applies to Niles Calder. Yeah, I think he is just a yeah. man that can. He just has get good the job done. Yeah. He get the. He, there are there are jobs out there, but he doesn't explain that they're out there. But when the jobs do arrive, he goes, and this is what I've been planning for. And it's like. And this is me? why we have drum roll. I'm pointing off screen to nobody. To the guy outside flexing with the three Coke cans. The Doom Patrol. Oh, the Doom Patrol. Who the fuck is the Doom Patrol? There you go. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it, it's it's a very interesting origin story for Kay Chalice and Crazy Jane. Um but we got some good bits for the other Doom Patrol as well, um, besides Crazy Jane. We had a really good Larry Trainer bit. Yeah, talking to Niles in the bus. Did at you? One point. Yeah, I felt uh, that. I yeah, that I, was when we were talking about like it seeming like a movie. I was like, this is movie. That this was movie cinem- like character development this on is a cinema, cinema level. quality. Yeah. Like because I felt it. I felt what we always talk about with Doom Patrol. Yes, we always say things are depressing, but is it just us saying things are depressing? Is it just us making stuff up about it being traumatic? No, like this scene with Larry Trainer in the bus was like, this is it. This is mm-hmm. why when we read the books and we like have these moments of our, to ourselves where we go, I feel like I got a lot. Like, yeah. yeah. Like seeing someone suffering with, these powers that they don't want to have to me it it fills what i keep hearing about in the x-men but i never see 
That's so true. Because I, I, oh my god. See with the X Men, like that, and that's the thing. Why? I mean, the, I know. Yeah, okay, yeah, so I know. There's that comparison. It's, well, yeah, but like, it's a comparison that's so on the nose, but it's on the nose for a reason. Yeah, and you just hit the nail on the head. But it's, you hit it, the nose on the face. It's like people always like, oh, I, I just want a normal life. But it's like that's not good writing. Yeah, that's lazy. Like you can't just say have your character say. I just want a normal life. Yeah, it's like and then what, fake going to a school. Yeah, and Monday it, through Friday. Like with well, with Larry, Larry <laughs> Trainer, it's like he's he's not saying he wants a normal life. He's not saying he hates his powers, but he's saying how he's, it's a he's torture. He's detailing how torturous it it's is. Torture. He thinks that what he is waking up to and living every day is his own personal hell. Yes. And he is the devil dragging everybody down with him. Yeah. Everybody that comes close to him, he thinks he is ruining their lives. Yeah. That is tragic as fuck. Yeah. It's, oh my God. It sucks. It's, it's one of those things where it's, it's, he said, what does he say? He says, what if, if this is the afterlife and it's just yeah, like, it's, what if this oh is God. hell? Yeah. What if I'm already in it? Like, like, can you imagine? You don't like you don't mm, when you're in the position that Larry Trainer is in. You don't think, "Oh, I'm negative, man. I have superpowers." Mm-hmm. No, you think I died. I died in a plane explosion, mm-hmm. and I am literally in hell. Yeah, this is awful. I am being tortured within my own body, on uh, just constantly. Yeah, yeah. I have to feed off negative energy from. Mice. If if I can't get it from anywhere else around the world, I have to get it from myself, mm-hmm. and that's torturing me. It it was a moment where I, I I felt it. I felt it in the scene, and I felt this was this is superb writing. Mm-hmm. He did say he was like you know I think <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a little silly Easter egg thing where he's like I don't uh, I'm not the name Larry Trainer anymore. I think Larry Train the name Larry Trainer died or whatever. It's like Larry died back then. I thought it was going to be like, oh, I'm negative, man. But there's no context mm-hmm. for that name. So yeah. I think that that whole thing comes later. And is going to say, why you got to be so negative, man? <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of Rita Farr, Rita Farr has a, a continuation of her character development, which is it's good for her character in the long run. But in the short term, it's a disappointment for her in which, you know, in the last episode, she finally stood up and did something heroic, right? Yeah. She, she's like, I, you know, I wasn't just the like, um, sidelined kind of person. Like, like I want to know part of it. Like, you know, I wasn't being neutral like that. In the last episode, she really stood up for something that she cared about and for something that she believed in. And she had a kind of, Overall, she had a heroic moment in the last episode. In this one, she tries to continue it um, with the the boy who was the unwritten book. Elliot. Just let me call him that. Okay, I'm sorry. Who wants to call him Elliot? I don't know. Would you rather me call him boy who is the unwritten book? Yeah, I want I want you to say that, but then I want to like tag along with the word of his actual name so people don't think that we're Oh, idiots. we're doing a bit. Yeah, we riff off of okay. each other. Okay. Even without so you knowing it. So Rita Farr goes to talk to the boy who is the unwritten book. Elliot. And then, so she's trying to say that, you know, don't don't be so hard on yourself, blaming yourself. Like, you know, it may be the end of the world, mm-hmm. but, you know, we can still do things before time yeah. runs out. 
do what we want to do. <laughs> and so she she's asking him like, what does he want to do? And and I I don't even think he answered it yet. No, he doesn't get to answer it. Were you thinking sex? I was thinking sex. I thought he was gonna have a. I thought there was gonna be a sex joke. No, eighteen year old. I thought kid. he was gonna say he wanted ice cream or something. Oh, I like that. Yeah, like. World's ending. I guess the thing she says though, I I like it because she gives him some advice right before that. She says like, "Look, the world's a trashy place. It's filled with trashy people. They're gonna lie. They're gonna cheat. They're yeah. gonna steal. People gonna wear Crocs. Yeah, yeah. She had the Crocs bit, but like she she gave you the facts of our world as looking at it from I identify with it. Looking at it from a pessimist, that whole perspective of the world where it is a shitty place. People are shitty. You just gotta deal with it." And then she says, what do you want to do? And then just as that happens. He's gone. He's, he's decreated. He's decreated. He gets yeah. ashed. Ashed catch. He gets ashed, but he didn't catch him. That's <laughs> he not, didn't catch him <laughs> all. Um, I, I see the joke you were trying to put down. It's not. It's, um, it was terrible it's working. Just throwing the trash. Yep. Just shred it. This is, see, this is why we have this medium. So we can just say our jokes. Bad just jokes. Yeah. And if they land, no one hears them. And if they bomb. No one hears them. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. It, I think she should have. Uh, so, like, he gets decreated. And uh, Rita gets really upset. And just the last punches the eye right in the face. As, but she gets eye. so upset as if she didn't hear the advice she was just given to Elliot. Well. You know? Because she was, like, trying to inspire this kid to do something that he's never been able to do and, you know, just live life and be free and be happy and yada, yada, yada. Then he dies, and she's just like, oh, crap, that sucks. That's really upset. But really, you should be looking at it as like, yeah, the world is a trashy place. This this sucks. It's so, just, eh, it's, she's not, she's not going to be like... I know, like, it wouldn't be that instantaneous. Unsympathetic. I know. The empathy she on her She had to be is, hard. She had to be strong, and she had to pull it together. The empathy is great. I love it. But at the same time, it's like, what would you like? What did you expect? I mean, dang. I'm not saying that she shouldn't be upset and shouldn't cry, but from maybe from a viewer's perspective, it's just like, hey, she just told you that this world is crappy, and it's a terrible place. Mm-hmm. She gave you really inspirational stuff, and then you just go ahead and die. What... Um... <laughs> What's what's beautiful about it, the progression, is that in the last episode, she says this kind of heroic thing, and, and, and she really meant it, and it saved his life. So he came off the, well, he was in two stories high. He wasn't going to kill himself. He was going to break a leg or something. But she stops him from trying to commit suicide. Um, and then she saves his life again when Willoughby Kipling tries to kill him. And so she's starting to feel like a hero. And so she has this mentality that if she acts heroic, good things happen. She can save the world. But then you got to get hit in the face with the truth. That is, you can act heroic and try to do the right thing. And the person can still just get decreated. Mm-hmm. Like, it can just happen. And so that is the progression that takes place in her arc. And it's the best thing, in, in, like, as far as writing, it's the best thing to do. It's to say, hey, yes, being a hero is not going to cut it. This isn't the X-Men. Being a hero isn't going to solve the problems all the time. Um, you just have to play the game, which might be getting an om- omnipotent guy 
to send Omnipotent. some. I don't know. <laughs> I just going to. That's funny that you said that because I was going to say that in the beginning yeah. on the top of the episode. Yeah. And uh, I, I decided against it. So full circle. Um, to send someone that back. girl is really close to this window. Is there someone at this window? Oh, yeah. Don't freak me out like that. No, she's gone. Um, um, but yeah, that is, that's the progression that takes place with Rita Farr. And I loved it. Like I'm starting to fall in love with this character so much. Every, every episode, not starting. I have, I have completely, she's, she's amazing. Fantastic. 10 out of 10. They're all 10 out of 10 characters. Um, and so, yeah, that's what happens with her. And, and it's short. It's not a lot in the episode, but it means a lot to me. And I think it was great. A great, uh, great writing, uh, for her character. Um, the only one we have left to talk about is Cyborg, um, who has this thing happen to him where he, I'm a little confused at this. Yeah. I'm a little confused too. He, he, um, he charges up his cannon. He's going to shoot Mr. Nobody, but he time like Mr. Nobody stopped time. So the cannon overloaded and it exploded his left arm. So he didn't want anyone to get alarmed about it because he didn't want Silas Stone to figure it out. Why? Though? Why? Why? What? So what like is bad. Is it? Because- I don't know. Is it because Silas is going to be like, look, you can't st- stick around with your friends. You got to come home, kid. Is, can Cyborg not get hurt? Is that not like, is he 16 years old that he has a bedtime? Or like, yeah, it's like, oh, can he not build you himself? Ruined my car? Up? Or something. Yeah, yeah like, like, what is? Oh, my dad's gonna kill me when he finds out I broke my so left arm. It, does he? If if his arm is exploded, is the only way to repair it going back to Star Labs and getting Silas to like just build? I a thought new Grid arm? was fixing it right then and I there. I don't think Grid. I don't know. I don't know. Wasn't his arm healing? When he, like, yeah, the last scene he has his shirt off or something, and it shows his shoulder, but it doesn't show. And it shows three quarters. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that only his hand to his forearm was blown up. And does that hurt? Um. Yeah, that hurts. Did, you never saw. You never saw Jaws: The Revenge. God damn it! <laughs> no, but I'm there's thinking, a character I'm thinking, in the beginning like, of Jaws: The Revenge that like looks the... a lot like Marty McFly, and he gets his arm cut off or cho- like, eaten off by the shark, and it's uh. That actually it traumatized me as a kid because it, it again. It's, uh, Scars Garden, Deep Blue Sea. Uh, anyway, so yeah, getting that blown off, does it hurt Cyborg? I don't know. I get, Obviously, he still has pain receptors in but him. But he was really fighting with Grid not to let his yeah. dad know that he got hurt. And I don't know why those stakes were so high. Maybe in the future we'll see that. I'm sure we will. But it was kind of like, hey, wait a minute. But it's is like, this wait, really, whoa, whoa, is this really a big deal Yeah, right and now? it's like, uh, it made it seem like it was like, oh, once you press the SOS button, like you're going to be like immediately teleported back and like just that like would have been start, crazy start that, from square yeah, one or yeah. something like that i don't know it's or i, shut I down. honestly i expected more i thought like yeah i thought I, like a helicopter was going to show up on the lawn and silas is going to be like have oh, like i meant more when the charging cannon was going to explode i thought i thought, I thought like i thought one i thought cyber was going to die yeah i thought they were going to kill him off um and then like it didn't happen a lot of things were that's going good my writing. Head, like kill that's... cyborg or uh, someone else was going to get. Blown I thought the entire his... house was going to get leveled, yeah. so like they would have nowhere to live or something like that. Yeah, they wouldn't just have a place or anything. Um, maybe it would put more of a wedge between the team. 
I don't know. But like that it, it doesn't matter because it didn't happen. What happened was his arm just got blown off and he didn't want <laughs> he didn't want to call his dad. <laughs> it's literally the same thing that happened to me when I broke my elbow. <laughs> I told Jeff, I said, Jeff, let me just cry it out. Please don't call my dad. Um the little bastard called my dad anyway and drove me home. Anyway. Uh so yeah, he was just sitting in the foyer. I don't know if Grid was repairing the arm. Maybe I I don't think it can I don't think he has repair capabilities. It's I still know. like it's, I, I think this is still like Teen Titans like cyborg. Go, pretty much gold cyborg if you will. Yeah. Um and yeah, maybe he's just worried about getting in trouble with his dad. Yeah, it's, and his it's, dad's just going to make a, him come it was, home. It was a bizarre way to end the episode where I was kind of like, hmm, I wonder why that was kind yeah. of a big deal, but we'll see in the future. Um it was it was I but good on the show for making us believe that he was going to blow up into a I thought, yeah, I thought he was, was Dunzo. Like, I I felt the I felt the weight of it. I was like, oh, he's he's gonna end up how he looks in Forever Evil, where he's just but disembodied. What was, it, was it something that was he trying to make a, more of a jab on Niles? He says something like, uh, like, oh, don't you you promised you weren't hurt the team, and he's like, oh, I won't hurt them. I'm just gonna hurt one. It's like the star quarterback kid, like daddy, you know, teacher's pet kind of thing. Is it supposed to be a jab at Niles where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to hurt your little silly little costume party, but that kid that you like so much, that ro- robot kid that you like so much, I'm going to hurt him. Maybe, I mean, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to come back. Yeah, and I just don't know what the point yeah. of his arm blown up or Mr. Nobody just picking on him. Yeah, yeah. just taking that shot. It's, there it was, was a sucker punch. There was another scene of Cyborg um, before we wrap up the episode. So, like, jumping back a little bit, there was a scene finally with Victor and Niles Calder, and they're having a conversation together, and it is kind of like the black and white perspective fighting with a more gray outlook on things. How so? Um, Because it was Cyborg, you know... The Niles Calder that he knew was telling him about how, you know, to be a hero and, and, to, and to stand for what he is and who he is. And, and, and so he was very determined as a, as, a, as a superhero, if you will. But finding out about true Niles Calder, like, they had that conversation. They were having that conversation of, like, like I don't know what you're up to, why you, like, all these things that you've got cooking up in this, in this house of sorts. And so there was that conversation. Were you doing a Chris Pratt? I was not. <laughs> I was not. I was not. I, I think I almost said cooking up in that lab. And yeah. <laughs> you just go to it. <sighs> you just go to the Chris Pratt. I really do hate that man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as another good Jurassic Park yeah. quote. Mark, I love you. Um, But yeah, it's um, it was a good moment. I lost my train of thought, but it was a good moment between Cyborg and, and now it's called. You remember that part? Or is that? Um, that was when he was eating all the candy and throwing up. Now it's called eats a lot of candy. Apparently yeah, which is that's weird. I thing. guess I, I mean, like, I guess yeah, he had the whole drawers of them all. But and he was eating. I was it thinking, in the flashback too when um was he when he met Crazy Jane? He was driving the bus. He was eating a candy bar then. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I oh, was, I'd, maybe I should look into that that's more. That's like a now thing. I guess. Those, yeah, he's, a he's candy. diabetic. Oh my gosh! I don't know. And that's why he has a wheelchair. I don't know. Interesting choice to take him from wheelchair to out of wheelchair, like in the in the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Interesting choice. I I believe it. That's why it's uh, it works for me. 
it would make absolutely no sense for Mr. Nobody to send him back with a wheelchair and just say, okay, just get it, get it done. But you still paraplegic. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're still going to be in yeah. that wheelchair. It's we got terrible. you signed up. You're it's here for I mean, eight episodes wheelchair time. Oh, gosh. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it was overall fantastic two-parter. Um, I like that Mr. Nobody commented saying, let's not make it a trilogy because what works so well is that it's two short, sweet episodes of, you know, here's the issue, here's the resolution. We're not going to draw it out. We know everyone loves the trilogy thing, but sometimes you're dragging it out too much. Yeah. Um, so there was just some great, just some great directions with these episodes so far. Um, do you have a favorite episode out of the five so far? Um, hmm. It may have been Colt Patrol. Yeah. It probably was Colt Patrol because it was so page to screen heavy. Yeah. This one was two as well, but it, it, yeah. it did take um, creative integrity into it a lot. What's, um, well, yeah, what's kind of cool about it is it's almost like you could just watch this two-parter if you wanted to mm-hmm. and just be like, hey, you know, you want to get into Doom Patrol? Just read it or watch this two-parter. It's like reading the books where you go, just read this. Yeah, just here's this little, here's a few issues. Yeah, here you yeah. go. Um, it's going to get weird, but that's the show, baby. Yeah. I do want to say the last point of this episode where Mr. Nobody whispers sweet nothing into... Dr. Harrison's ear again, where it's like, I'm just after the, after you save the world, after the destruction's over and said, done with, you're just going to hear it as a whisper. And it's, it switches to her. That was present day, right? Like it went back to her painting painting on the lawn again. And she says, what the fuck is a doom patrol? So that's cool that it's like, I think now Mr. Nobody is going to just start making crazy shit. End of the world stuff happen Mm -hmm. just to fuck with the doom patrol. Yeah. And to fuck with Niles. So it's like, hey, you call yourself the Doom Patrol? Well, I'm going to try to cause the world to end again, and you guys got to find a way to stop it, because that's in your name. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like he he made the name for mm-hmm. them, and it's and usually when superheroes get their name, it's like, oh, there's some kind of robot man. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, you're kind of some kind of Superman. And it's like, it's one of those things. It's like, I heard you're, you know... What is this? What is so? And like the episode title for next week, Doom Patrol Patrol. What is that writing style? And like, like what I do, like with like naming the episodes and stuff, how we do with like thing mm-hmm. minute or whatever. It's like, what is that? How do you, what, what is that? It's something that's, it's, it's aware of itself. You know what know. I mean? It's like, uh, is that surrealism, Mark? I think it is like surreal, sur- surrealistic writing, writing that is aware of itself. Well, surrealistic writing would be, wouldn't it be like the scissor men speak dog fire? Yeah, but they, they speak in, what um, was it? They speak in S I S S O R. No. What, what do they speak in? The, it's an acronym. Their words is the first letter and it spells something always. Wasn't it? Oh, no. It oh, you're scissor? talking about the brotherhood of nowhere. Oh, so now on watches yeah, here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Everyone rests easily. That's nowhere speak. Surrealism. Well, the scissor men speak in just cut up. Yeah, there, theirs is random words. Theirs yeah. is like, like I was saying earlier, it's like dog fire microphone left. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's like, 
what? And somehow it means something. But it, because it's uh, like some little artistic expression, and we talked about this before, but it can't be pure random. Everything has to be strategic randomization mm-hmm. where it's like... You well, make yeah, a, I mean, your pure random was like four nouns and a direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, theirs would have to be dog, fire, left. Uh, it's still two nouns. Well, no, you use fire as a verb. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, bus, uh, waterfall. Yeah, I know. Into earth. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to make those 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 scripting decisions. But um, th- yeah, this is how they get the name for Doom Patrol, and it's honestly, it's it was a great way to just little zinger at the end. Just the fuck is a Doom Patrol? So I enjoyed it. Fantastic two-parter. Loved it. I want more of these. I want, you know, like the next episode to be a another, you know, two-parter kind of thing where it's like another mini arc. Because um, I think that's that's what they excel at. It's just an excuse to get things really weird, fix it, mm-hmm. rinse and repeat. Yep. And so it's it's it works for me. Keep doing it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, Nate, any closing thoughts before we wrap up? It was pretty much it, man. We said it. Cool. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at Radio Doom Patrol. Um, and if you enjoyed all the content, please leave us a positive review. It is the least we ask for, and it really helps us out on the show. DJ, take it away. Apparently, the apocalypse has been averted all thanks to time travel. If you ask me, I'd say that could fix all your problems. This has been Doom Patrol Radio. 